Brady, a 29-year-old construction worker. After coming home from a hard day's work, he walks in the door of his trailer park home to find his wife in bed with another man. All right, calm down, relax, and start breathing. Fuck that shit, you just bought this bitch cheating. While you at work, she's with some dude trying to get off. Fuck slit in the throat, cut this bitch's head off. Wait, what if there's an explanation for this shit? What? She tripped, fell, landed on his dish? All right, Shady, maybe he's right, Brady. Think about the baby before you get all crazy. G'day, welcome to episode number 35 of the Average Man Podcast, Slim Shady LP. Uh, I'd like to do my shout-outs before I jump into this breakdown of the Slim Shady LP, and there will be a public service announcement coming up. If you listen to that intro and that offends you, I'm very sorry, too late. But uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot more of that going on in this episode. Shout-outs, as always, go to Two-Way Hire Services. Two-Way Hire Services are your family-owned and operated two-way radio supplier. They ship throughout WA free of charge. So whether you need a portable handheld radio, a CB radio for your vehicle, or an antenna, Two-Way Hire Services will keep you connected. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, or www.twhs.com.au. Also, check out Perth Hire. Perth Hire have you covered for honing, polishing, cutting and drilling hire equipment and for all your concrete and construction job uh, needs the consumable products also available check them out on facebook instagram or at www.highperth.com.au also like to shout out to my man captured by carlos a two-time average man podcast alumni he's a local photographer doing landscapes, little commercial jobs. Uh, He does drone photos, videos, small video edits, and also family portraits. His latest video edit is up online. It's a video edit of uh, the Pilbara. Check out his... um some bird's eye view scopes and shit of, of life in the Pilbara, mate, especially after this rain that we've had recently. It's brilliant, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Check him out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. That's captured by Carlos. Also, would like to shout out to PCC Productions, audiovisual specialists up here in the Pilbara. PCC are a company that thrives on making Headland an awesome place to live through epic live events and through supporting local musicians. Catch them on Facebook, Instagram, or at www.pccproductions.com.au. Also, finally, we'd like to shout out to Bella Blakemore, who's a local musician. My wife's down there at the Esplanade tonight watching her play live. Um, I will be shouting out and um, trying to give you guys a heads up on her local gigs as they come up throughout the season. Um, Moving forward, she's a a local singer-songwriter around town, so if you do see her around here, she's playing somewhere, get down, check it out, give her some support, and we'll try and get her on the podcast sometime soon for a yarn as well. So thanks very much. Uh, Here we go, uh, jumping straight into this podcast, episode number 35. Thank you. Peace. See ya. Hey, how you going? Uh, welcome to uh, episode number 35 of the Average Man Podcast, the Slim Shady LP. It is Friday the 26th of April. I'm just at home doing a bit of a podcast while my wife's out uh, supporting a friend of hers um, who's playing some live music down the Esplanade tonight. So um, basically this week's uh, podcast is going to be uh, a breakdown of the Slim Shady LP uh, from 1999. It's going to be the first in a series of um, podcasts I do uh, regarding the career of uh, Eminem, going through his discography over the years and breaking down different songs and tracks from it. So this is the first time I've um, done something like this, a full musical uh, podcast, and I will just spatter these through my my normal um, uh, weekly podcasts and um, get through the whole discography over a certain period of time. So I hope you guys enjoy what we're going to do here today. Um, it does It does have a public service announcement. There's going to be some heavy, heavy language in this. A lot of these tracks are pretty deep, pretty heavy, pretty hard, uh, and I will be playing them and uh, discussing them. I might give my point of view, opinion on them, and, and hopefully educating people a little bit about this, um, this music and why I like Eminem, uh, how I see um, 
how I, how I, I guess, um, incorporate the fact of being a normal man with a family and all that kind of thing and listen to this kind of music, which can be sometimes quite dark and fucked up. And basically, the way I see it is um, uh, rappers and hip-hop artists uh, have the similarity to, um, say, stand-up comedians where they have ideas and thoughts and um, they sometimes have a sort of a, another persona, um, an alter ego, that they express through their music, through their art. And just because someone says things and has these fucked up lyrics and tells these crazy stories, it doesn't mean that that's the way they think or that these things are true or that's their actual opinions. It's just, it's a character, it's a thought that they're giving life to, it's art, you know. So when Quentin Tarantino makes a movie about people shooting everyone, killing all these people and drug dealers and all this kind of shit and rape and murder, that doesn't mean that Quentin Tarantino just loves all that stuff and he's a psychopath. It just means that he's an artist and he has these thoughts and these ideas and his way of building them and putting them together is through a movie. A stand-up comic might have these crazy thoughts and have fucked up jokes and things that he tells and they might represent um, his personality in some way, but they're not necessarily his uh, thoughts verbatim, you know, like point for point. It's just that this is how he expresses himself, and you have these ideas, and you've got to give these ideas life because that's what you do as an artist. So hip-hop's much the same where these guys express themselves, their frustrations at the world or the, world that ha or the way they've experienced the world. Um, then they have these thoughts and these ideas and, and instead of just letting those ideas come to the head and then die, they package it in hip-hop and lyrics and then uh, the, whole, the, the whole game is to try and make that sound, um, give it a sound that people will like and resonates with someone and, and put as much uh, passion and skill into it as you can and, and yeah, like share that idea with the world no matter how fucked up it is. So actually the, the more fucked up the idea is, the harder it is to package it and sell it to people in a way that they can consume. So that's sort of what Eminem does uh, for me. And like I said, I don't think he's a rapist, rapist or a murderer. Well, I know he's not, but he does sometimes um, uh, package those ideas and put them out in his in his music, in his art. And that's just the way that the guy's mind works. And like I said, this is how he expresses himself. So with that public service announcement, um, I'm going to sort of jump into uh, this little breakdown of this Slim Shady LP, his first LP with Dr. Dre. So Dre went, Dre came through the late 80s and early 90s and was a real pioneer of um, the hip-hop scene on the West Coast, specifically the gangster rap um, hip-hop scene, obviously a, one of the major parts of NWA and then he worked with Snoop Dogg and Tupac and was uh, signed with Suge Knight, Death Row Records and all this sort of shit. And um, basically he went through a bit of a slump in his career, put out an album that didn't really do too well and um, was struggling to find some motivation, inspiration and then that's take the next step in his career. So him and another guy he collaborates with, uh, Jimmy Iovine, who's um, the record label um, exec that he still works with today. They were sitting around looking for some new talent, going through some old crates of cassettes that they've been given. And uh, one of the cassettes they put on was the Slim Shady mixtape, and they heard this shit, and obviously something clicked. Dre heard it, heard the potential, got hold of Eminem, Slim Shady. At the time, got him got him over to the to the recording studio, and they um, put some tracks together, and he saw the kid live, and saw what he could do, and the talent that he was. And um, basically, as they say, the, the rest is history, man. So this is the first uh, album that Eminem put out that was produced by Dre, had the backing of Dre, had some features by Dre on it as well. And his fingerprints are all over this record, man. It was an instant, instant classic. I was a, probably year 11 at school when this came out. And we were blown away that people were saying the kind of shit that he was saying uh, on the radio and on, our, on an album. And we'd never heard people talk like that before. And it changed the whole way that we thought about hip-hop and what was what was possible and what you could talk about what you could do. So a massive album for me and for people of my generation and uh, I'm just going to go through song by song, talk a little bit about them and then um, so I'll flick through, I'll start on the first song, My Name Is, everybody knows this song, I'll play this, uh, actually I'll talk about it first then I'll play this and I'll go straight into playing the second track. So My Name Is was his f <coughs> first big hit, this song was played all over the radio. Uh, there was a film clip for it, Eminem dressed up like a nerd, sort of taking the piss out of pop culture, and Dr. Dre featuring in the film clip as well. Um, basically, 
Uh, it's got real fucked up, crazy, weird lyrics, which is uh, a trademark of Eminem's music, uh, and it sets the stage for the rest of the for the for the rest of the album, man. And it was really sort of a light-hearted, playful, poppy kind of track with some real fucked up, crazy lyrics for a bit of shock value, and it's a good introduction to the twisted mind of of Eminem that we then get to go delve deeper and deeper into as the as the album goes on. So, without further ado, let's chuck this track on. Um, and I will play the public service announcement for you first as well, so uh, you have been warned. This announcement brought to you in part by Slim Shady. The views and events expressed here are totally fucked and are not necessarily the views of anyone. However, the events and suggestions that appear on this album are not to be taken lightly. Children should not partake in the listening of this album with laces in their shoes. Slim Shady is not responsible for your actions. Upon purchasing this album, you have agreed not to try this at home. A anything else? Yeah. Don't do drugs. My name is... change of heart and suddenly his conscience comes into play all right stop now before you walk in the door to slicker store and try to get money out the drawer you better think of the consequence who are you i'm your motherfucking conscience that's nice go in gas for the money you're going to one of your arms quick and borrow a damn dress the butt of a brown wig i'm telling you need a place to stay you'll be safe for days if you shave your legs with grenades razor blades yeah but if it all goes through like it's supposed Guilty Conscience there, as you can hear it's a little bit harder, a bit more fucked up as well, the lyrics in that, um, and features Dr. Dre himself. So what I love about this track, man, this was a bit more of an underground hit, we used to play this at parties and shit and on mixtapes, and dudes would play this when we were sort of kicking around smoking weed, um, it, was, it wasn't so much of a radio hit, this one, uh, as it kind of was later on, once he, Eminem got to be who he was and his fame rose. This song was played on radios, but not straight out the gate it wasn't. It was more of an underground hit at first, which was cool, man. And yeah, like I said, some fucked up lyrics in that. What's cool about this is it's got um, some role play going on. So each verse is a different story that they go through. The The opening song for this, album, uh, for this podcast was the final verse, uh, which has got one of the all-time great lyrics, um, f f definitely the best lyric on this album, which would be... Um, when he walks in on his wife cheating and Dre says it could be an accident and Eminem says how he how well how he, she tripped fell and landed on his dick which is just a great great lyric mate which has lasted through the test of time you say that around people and they know what you're talking about from this from this track um, uh, and like I said each verse was a different a different story 
and there's like little mid, mid uh, little um, skits going on mid song as well. So it's a really original format, and there's this really good storytelling on display. Also, what's on display in this is uh, Eminem's effortless flow. So when he raps, he's got this way of uh, it's not like he's trying to put, uh, it's not like he's forming the the sentence or the lyric around the rhymes. It's as if he's just talking and telling a story, and the rhymes come out and they flow. You can hear when other rappers rap. It's like a um, there's there's definitely a format where the, the the sentence has been formed around the rhyming words and they end on a specific word even though it might not be the best way to end a sentence but when Eminem rhymes, when he raps, it's like he's just talking the whole thing flows and it rhymes so it's the way he tells a story comes across really natural and I'm not sure that people were doing this kind of format before this, they certainly weren't on this level so skits in the middle of your song and role play as I said and um, yeah, going from story to story, uh, just a and, and a back and forth between him and another rapper. In, in the you know, as the song goes on, they're obviously one's a good conscience, one's a bad conscience. Just a really, really good original idea, man. So great track that one, uh, Guilty Conscience. Uh, next song we're going to jump into is Brain Damage. Uh, this song was the first time he really started talking about his past, uh, his childhood growing up and being bullied and beaten up and in the second verse which we won't get to in this but he starts talking about his mum being a drug addict and what it was like when he went home and she didn't give a fuck about him being bullied and picked on and that kind of stuff so he kind of gives you a little bit of an intro a little bit of an insight into his into his life which gives you a bit of uh, insight into why his brain is works the way it does and why he's so fucked up so um, again, uh, a dude like this, um, the way he presents his lyrics and that shock value and everything, you gotta understand that there was no real big white rappers back in the day. There was guys like Everlast and there was a few other hip hop like white guys, white rappers who were sort of part of the hip hop community through the 90s, but no one was really making it big. A lot of times they'd get ignored or looked, looked um, past because they were white rappers. So the way he broke through that was by saying just crazy fucked up shit and then people sort of took notice and thought man who's this crazy white boy it was one of the reasons that um, he got his sort of um, credibility and obviously he backed it up with quick wit um, and um, lyrical prowess but this is uh, again one of those songs wasn't a big hit of his but guys who um, who are hardcore fans know this track it's one of those songs that kind of grow on you it's got a droning sort of mesmerising chorus that just kind of um, moves itself along. So I'll jump straight into Brain Damage and let you guys have a little listen to that one. I was on. 
funny. Money is the root of all evil. Money will make them same friends come back around, swearing that they was always down. It's like, I'm tired of life. I'm tired of backstabbing ass snakes with friendly grins. I'm tired of committing so many sins. I'm tired of always giving in when this bottle of Henny wins. I'm tired of never having any ends. I'm tired of having skinny friends, so come on, crack and mini things. I'm tired of this DJ playing your shit when he spins. I'm tired of not having a deal. I'm tired of having a deal with the bullshit without grabbing the steel. I'm tired of drowning in my sorrow. I'm tired of having to borrow a dollar for gas to start my Monte Carlo. I'm tired of motherfucking spraying shit and darting off. I'm tired of jobs starting off at 5.50 an hour. Then this horse wonders why I'm smarting off. I'm tired of being fired every time I fart and cough. I'm tired of having to work because the gas station clerk for this jerk breathing down my neck, driving me berserk. I'm tired of using plastic silverware. Working and building square, tired of not being a millionaire. But if I had a million dollars, I'd buy a damn brewery and turn the planet into alcoholics. If I had a magic wand, I'd make the world suck my dick without a condom on while I'm on the john. If I had a million bucks, so that's uh, if I had, and as you can hear, it's a bit of a darker. Sort of track there, really simple beat, just the just really the um the drum, bass drum and the snare with a bit of bass sort of lined through the background and it's really focused on the lyrics and it's um it's more straight up hip hop that track. So it goes moves away from the funny voices and the and the role playing and the and the playfulness, more just um it's like a stream of consciousness. Talking about the shit he's sick of and the shit that he's been putting up with and basically life as a as a poor poor guy a poor man, whatever, you know, growing up in a low socio-economical area, and this is one of the tracks that really sort of endeared him to different a different set of fans, so the more hardcore hip-hop fans, you know, African-American guys who were like Dr. Dre fans, um, yeah, people come from sort of um, poor, um, less fortunate backgrounds as well, so he's got his funny, upbeat, playful songs where you can play at parties and on the radio and shit like that, and then this is more one of those songs to get the, the real hardcore hip-hop heads... Um, something to listen to because you can tell that the guy's lived it when you're listening to his lyrics and and um, that's that's what a lot of people are into when it comes to hip-hop. Um, next track is called 97 Bonnie and Clyde. This one's got a real catchy chorus. Um, basically, he's talking to his daughter uh, about murdering his drug addict cheating wife. So this is a real fucked up song. Um, I remember there's a couple of tracks like this and, and the skit that uh, I know this gets on the next album, but there's a couple of tracks like this that were really, really heavy, especially as a young guy listening to this stuff the first time around, um, where obviously he hasn't murdered his wife, but um, so it's, it was not really um, serious, but it's some fucked up things to say, especially when you're, you're involving your daughter in the conversation. This is um, something that a theme that goes throughout Eminem's career as well. This theme with this ex-wife of his, he was a drug addict, I said, and, and, and cheated on him and sort of broke his heart and fucked him up and I guess another woman in his life, aside from his mother, who'd sort of um, screwed him over. And he's got this real tight bond and connection with his daughter, always has, but she's been privy to a lot of the crazy shit that goes on in their life. And Eminem actually ended up raising not only his daughter, but the his daughter's sister, so it um, was sort of his step um, his stepdaughter as well, uh, because the wife, the ex-wife, um, Kim, was a junkie and useless and all that kind of shit. So, um, yeah, I guess one of the ways of getting his frustration out is he writes these songs about, you know, fantasizing about killing her. The cover for this album is him standing on a on a jetty, holding his daughter's hand, looking over the water, and his wife's dead in the trunk of the car. So it's pretty he hardcore, heavy shit. And, um, yeah, this is um, 97, Bonnie and Clyde. Just the two of us, baby. Just Dad, that loves you, and I'm always be here for us. No matter what just happens, just the two of us. We're all I got in this world. Of us. I'll just never give you up for us. Just the two. Nobody of us. 
Nobody in this world is ever gonna keep you from us. I love you. Come on, hey, hey, we're going to the beach. Grab a couple of toys and let Dada strap you in the car seat. Oh, where's Mama? She's taking a little nap in the trunk. Oh, that smell. Dada must have run over a skunk. Now I know what you're thinking. It's kind of late to go swimming, but you know your mama. She's one of those type of women that do crazy things, and if she don't get away, she'll throw a fit. Don't play with Dada's toy knife, honey. Let go of it. And don't look so upset. Why you acting bashful? Don't you want to help Dada build a sandcastle? And Mama said she wants to show you how far she can float. And don't worry about that little boo-boo on her throat. It's just a little scratch. It don't hurt. Her was eating dinner while you were sweeping and spilled ketchup on her shirt. Mama's messy, ain't she? We'll let her wash off in the water and me and you can play by ourselves, can't we? Just the two of us. Listening back to that track again, it's um, it's fucking some heavy shit, man. Um, it's it's um, it's really dark. It's really dark shit, and um, it's kind of reminiscent a little bit of the track of the next album, um, which everyone knows, Stan, sort of where he's yeah, telling a story, talking to someone about some crazy shit that's going on, and um, yeah, just that that whole idea of of um role playing about murdering the wife and talking to the daughter it's some it's some heavy it's some heavy shit man and the dude must have had some some darkness inside him obviously but um you, even though it's dark and um quite fucked up if you can get past that the, the actually the brilliance of the storytelling and the scene setting like when have you ever listened to an album that set a scene like that for you where you felt like it was like a movie so that's what I'm trying to say about how dark and fucked up that is. Yeah, when you listen to it as a song, it seems so personal and realistic. But think about it. You've watched a movie where shit like that's happened. You've watched movies where people have done horrific things and you're watching this scene where someone's rolling a body off the, the edge of a, you know, off the edge of a dock or whatever into the water. And, you, you know, it, it's, it's entertainment. It's a story. And what he does is he manages to tell a story like that that captures you and, and, and invokes emotion through a song, through a, a rap song, which is one of the things that, you know, people have always evoked emotion through songs, but not so much these dark kind of emotions in such a graphic way. So it really is a stroke of brilliance um, that he can set a scene like that and tell a story and basically you feel like you're there and you're watching it happen and it's a fucking horrible, horrible scene. The power of that and to be able to do that through music and just, and just through lyrics is fucking really, really something incredible, man. And that's what I mean about the genius of this guy. Um, if you can look at it from an entertainment sort of um, storytelling perspective, you'll really get a different look at, at these these songs and, and what people see in him and, and why his um, music was so fucking influential. Uh, jumping into the next track, Role Model. This one's a bit more upbeat, more fucked up lyrics and stuff again, and he really starts pushing the boundaries with the way he's saying, with what he's saying here, and um, basically trying to prove a point about don't look to me to be a role model. Um, you know, I'm not, that's not that's not his role um, in life, basically. I'm going to attempt to drown myself. You can try this at home. You can be just like me. Mike, check one, two. We recording? I'm cancerous. When I did, she wouldn't want to answer this. If you responded back with a battle rap, you wrote for cannabis. I strangled you to death and I choked you again. Legally. I get to run it off a funny 
Okay, yeah, so it's some fucked up uh, lyrics again in that track there, which seems to be a general theme throughout this album. Um, and this next song's not going to give you any relief. So I believe my, my job's going to get a little bit easier as the albums go on after this one. This was really deep, deep in that, just coming, he hit the scene hard and wanted to have real shock value. And as I was just talking about before, um, setting a scene, telling a story, just think of it like a Tarantino movie. If you can let go of your biases and um, and the shock and, oh my God, I can't believe he's saying that. If you can let go of that and and, and listen to the the story and go on a ride with someone and, and feel the, the emotions and, and think where does this come from and how he's put the, the story together and find the humour in it as well, you might get a different perspective and like I said this is about as deep and dark as we go with Eminem because this was his first big album coming out the gates. So the next song is called My Fault, it's not getting any better, this is a look into the twisted mind of a young guy who was deep deep into that drug scene um, out partying with a lot of crazy different people and this is a twisted view of the way he um, sees the, the world that he was interacting with in, those, um, in that setting. Um, talks about rape and, and um, overdosing on drugs and all sorts of crap, crazy shit in here but again this isn't, uh, these aren't real opinions of a real human being. Uh, this is this, uh, um, a crazy look into the mind of the thoughts that can go on in someone's mind and then they manage to Put those thoughts together in a way that they can present it to you and go, man, look at the kind of shit that goes on in my head. So this track's called My Fault. Just sniff this. 
Yeah, so that's just one of his fun tracks there. One of his uh, it's the dance track. Come on, everybody. Again, fucked up lyrics, upbeat tempo. Not really not much to say in that one. Just having a bit of fun playing around. It's a bit of a uh, mood changer for the middle of the album there. A little bit past middle, midway. And before that was um, Ken Kniff, one of the skits. So that's an ongoing prank call that goes on throughout his albums over the years. This Ken Kniff phone, um, prank phone call sort of thing that, that um, keeps popping up. I don't know, it's been twisted. It's always been twisted. So you kind of just get used to them, those weird little skits on these albums. The next, uh, next song's called Rock Bottom. And yeah, there's a lot of truth in these lyrics and the storytelling again. And he starts having a bit more of his anger and like come through. So you can tell... Um, you can kind of tell the difference between when he's pontificating about murder and rape and crazy things like that and having a bit of a fun with it and just saying things for shock value and when he's actually telling things about his life and telling stories and uh, they seem to a little bit, be a little bit more darker, those kind of um, tracks and, um, yeah, a little bit less playful. So rock bottom, um, again, probably more, a little bit like a stream of consciousness on this one. So let's check it out. And if you didn't get the vibe by now, these songs are getting a little bit harder and darker as the album goes on. So I think what happened was <clears throat> he had a lot of these tracks kicking around. Some of this stuff would have been his underground stuff he would have put together as, um, for this LP. But a lot of his other songs, as he started touring and, and doing small EPs and stuff under Dr. Dre's banner and getting more recognition and, and hate and you know, all sorts of crazy shit coming his way, the, the music started to get a little bit, a little bit darker. And um, yeah, he's, the, as the, the end part of this album approaches, and you are, we are on the home stretch, guys, stick with me. As the end part of this album uh, approaches, yeah, this, they get a little bit harder and a bit darker. And that's just, the, I think, that you've seen the man change from, from the playful... Um, 
crazy kind of fun uh, shock value lyrics, more into a genuine anger and um, a bit of resentment towards where he is, where he's uh, out at life and things like that. So that comes in further in the, the back part of this. Um, and as a young man, like I was at the time, man, like this came out when I was 17, 16, 17, and then listened to it you know, a lot up through my early 20s and stuff. The anger and stuff on here was really, really satisfying for young men with all that extra testosterone kicking around. You know what the hell to do with it. You listen to songs like this and it makes you just go, yeah, it gives me something to fucking channel my anger into. So it kind of does stand up for people of that era and that genre. And then when you grow up with it, I suppose it just sticks with you forever. I'm having a little bit of a hard time describing and discussing and, and um, um, kind of defending some of these songs and when I put it on a public forum like this. But um, it is what it is, man. I'm a massive, massive fan. Like I said, I think we'll get easier to listen to and easier to talk about and describe what I'm hearing and why I love this as the albums go on and on. This is where the where it all began, so this is where I had to start, man. So here we go. The next song's called As the World Turns. Don't expect it to get any nicer or lighter here. crazy fucked up made up story into the mind of a twisted twisted man next track's called I'm Shady this is a little bit of an industry posturing style I'm um, hip hop talking about you know how good you are how hard you are sort of thing which is a little bit of a uh, cliche done thing on most hip hop albums um, it's a little bit of a standalone out of place for the rest of the track but um, still a good track nonetheless so here we go I'm Shady Came through with two blocks to terrorize your world. Huh? Told you how to slap dicks and murder your girl. Gave you all the finger and told you to sit in this world. So the billion tapes you still scream, fuck the world. So come and kill me while my name's hot. And shoot me 25 times in the same spot. Ow! I think I got a generation brainwashed. And pop pills and smoke pot till they brains rot. Stop their blood flow till they veins clot. I need a pain shot and a shot of plain scotch. Purple haze and ash and rains rocks. The punch at the party and train pop. Shake my armpits and more of a tank top. Bad boy, I told you that I can't stop. You gotta make them feel you before you make them feel you. So everybody buy my shit or I'm a coming to mushrooms. I got acid, I got tabs and gas Next track's called Bad Meets Evil. This is a really good track for me because um, Royster 5-9 is the man featuring on this track and these guys had a fallout sort of after they did this album. But they reunited in, in more recent years in about 2011. They've worked together a heap since then. They've got a, they're a great team. They bounce really good back and forth off each other and there's a lot of mutual respect between the two um, just as artists and as um, the way they've sort of, the way they hold themselves as well. Um, yeah, they're two different guys, two different points of view, um, and just, yeah, like, I, I really like the Bad Meets Evil collaboration between the two of these guys. You'll see Royster 59 working with Eminem a lot more in his more recent stuff. So, um, here we go, Bad Meets Evil. Do you hear parts? You know, there's a story behind that there saloon. Twenty years ago, two outlaws took this whole town over. 
Sheriffs couldn't stop him. Quickest damn gunslingers I've ever seen. Got murdered in cold blood. That old saloon there was their little home away from home. They said the ghosts of bad news still live in that town. And on a quiet night, you can still hear the footsteps of Slim Shady and Royce the Five Nights. I don't speak. I float in the air wrapped in a sheet. I'm not a real person. I'm a ghost trapped in a beat. I translate when my voice is read to a seismograph and the noise is spread. Picked up and transmitted through Royce's head. Uh, Trap him in his room, possess him and hoist his bed. Till the evilness flows through his blood like poisonous lead. Told him each one of his boys is dead. Uh, I asked him to come to the dark side. He made a choice yo, and said. Hard. Your wife heard worse. We can get in two cars and accelerate at each other to see which one will swerve first. Two blind bandits panic. Whose mental capacity holds that of a globe on top of nine other planets. Kiss the cheek of the devil. Intelligence level is hellier than treble. Peeking on speakers in the ghetto. Dismissal. I'm not a fair man. Disgrace the race of an atheist. Intercepting missiles with my bare hands like a patriot. One track sight without source. I buried the Christ corpse in my past life when the black knight mounted the white horse. And stay on the word. It's like the Nazis and the nation collaborating. Attempting to take over the earth. Right on, here we go, dudes. Last track, you made it. If you stuck with me all the way through this, thank you very much. Kudos to you. I know this was hard to listen to, man. Um, I'm a massive fan, as I keep saying, so I'm used to these songs. I've heard them for a long, long time. But I can understand if you're not a big Eminem fan or if you haven't heard a lot of this stuff for the first time, that it might be hard to take, hard to swallow. Believe me, it will get better as we go along. A lot, of, a lot of the later albums, it becomes more about the lyricism, uh, the way he puts them together, uh, and the metaphors and all that kind of thing, rather than the actual um, content coming out of this guy's mind. So, But this last track, uh, the last one, this is an anthem, it's a classic. Uh, you can already hear his sound maturing, as I said, over some of the last, the previous songs building up. It's less playful. Um, it's a harder, harder um, sort of uh, lyrical rhyming style, a lot angrier. And it's a really good segue into the Marshall Mathers LP because, um, yeah, you wonder where he's going to go uh, um, as, as he moves on from this album. And this is a lot more in the vein of the next, of the next album that came out. So uh, you can hear his sound really developing already on this track here. Uh, the anthem, classic, still don't give a fuck. Here we go, last track. A lot of people ask me, am I afraid of death? Hell yeah, I'm afraid of death. I don't want to die yet. A lot of people think that I worship the devil, that I do all types of retarded shit. Look, I can't change the way I think. And I can't change the way I am. But if I offended you, good. Because I still don't give a fuck, give a fuck. I'm zoning off of one joint, stopping a limo, hopped in the window, shopping a demo with gunpoint. A lyricist without a clue, what year is this? Fuck a needle, here's a sword, body pierced with this. Living them up, never giving a fuck. Give me the keys, I'm drunk, and I've never driven the truck. But I smoked dope in the cab. I stabbed you with the sharpest knife I can grab. Come back the next week and reopen the scab. A killer instinct runs in the blood. Empty and full clips and burying guns in the mud. I calm down now, I was heavy once in the drugs. I could walk around straight for two months with a buzz. My brain's gone, my soul's warm, my spirit is torn. The rest of my body's still being operated on. There we go, still don't give a fuck. Last track of the album, thanks for sticking with me. So a summary on this whole thing is, you can hear um, at the start of the album and, and throughout a lot of his tracks, there's that playful silliness to it, a lot of silly voices, some fucked up crazy lyrics. Uh, he, he sprinkles a lot of truth and storytelling through all those, uh, through all those songs. Um, but the anger and, uh, and uh, um, the hard style lyrics that he has kind of give credit to, give him that cred rather than just um, not being taken seriously, you know. And, um, he was a guy that was, as I said earlier, was forged through. I mean, coming up in a predominantly black neighborhood, being a skinny little white boy, hanging out with all, um, you know, black guys, black American dudes and stuff, and being involved in that hip hop uh, culture, trying to come up, 
trying to do rap battles and shit like that. So this guy was constantly, constantly picked on and, and singled out by everyone, man. So he really was um, forged in fire, you know what I mean? And really got to that point where no one picks him anymore. No one wants to battle with Eminem anymore, you know, and they haven't for a long time because there's nothing you can say to him. It's all been said to him and he's learned how to deal with it and come back from it. He's really quick-witted and sharp-tongued and that's got him to where he is today. People know that um, he's legit and they, and they can go head-to-head head with him in a lyrical battle and, and, and basically just get smoked every single time. Um, so, yeah, as I said... Um, this album has a background of sort of Dr. Dre beats, undeniable Dr. Dre beats and sound all the way through it. A lot more of Dr. Dre's influence um, and playfulness on the first half of the album. The second half of the album a lot harder and darker. A lot, of, a lot of shock value, but there's some quality rhymes in there also. So the question is, where to next? Where do we go next from here? The next album, which I will get to um, eventually, just when it feels, I feel like it fits in, will be the Marshall Mathers LP. Um, a huge, huge amount of maturing and um, uh, a whole lot changes between this album and the next. This was really his coming out party. This was the first time he'd hit the world stage. Uh, number one single, all that kind of shit. So by the time we hear the Marshall Mathers LP, he's a, he's an international superstar. He's had all the critics shitting all over him. He's had other rappers coming at him, people trying to take him down and get um, you know. And he's kind of been jaded to the world a little bit by this stage. And um, he's an older man and things like that as well. So um, you know, older than he's in this first album. So it's a really uh, really different style album. It's actually my favorite album of all time. The next one, um, and a lot more uh, just. The lyrical prowess and the, the technicality of the lyrics and the way that things are put together is much on a much higher caliber than, than it is on this album. Um, just It just gets better by leaps and bounds. So I um, hope you guys join me for that next one, around, next one uh, again. And it's sort of, uh, yeah, you hear a lot more of that D Detroit-style accent and hard rhymes and shit the next, on the next album out. So Marshmallows LP, which, was, which has huge tracks on it that you'll know, like Stan, Stan was off that album. Uh, the Grammy Award winning song, a bunch of other really big tracks as well. So we'll go through that one another time. But uh, yeah, this is just something I wanted to do, man. The thought came to me. I thought, man, why not? Why not do an Eminem series? I go through different um, albums, relive them for myself, and um, talk people through it. Hopefully, I've um, helped someone who didn't understand before uh, understand what this music's about and, and how people can listen to it and, and help you interpret some of those crazy lyrics. If you think about it in the vein of an entertainer, somebody telling a story, think about. Quentin Tarantino or whoever your favourite director is with a crazy fucked up movie and a story to tell. The mind, how this guy's mind works with these thoughts, they're in there, they're bouncing around, but the way he can grab them, put them together, put, them, put the lyrics together, put them to music and get them out there and tell a story, set a scene and really make you feel like you know, you're in the, you're in the scene when he's, when he's uh, describing shit and you really get a really good... Uh, a uh, picture of his life and the way his mind thinks and shit like that. So that is, whether you like it or not, like what he's saying or not, that really is a, um, a hard thing to do and a real skillful thing. So that's why I, um, I'm a massive fan of Eminem. So that is episode number 35, Slim Shady LP, Average Man Podcast, over and out. Cheers. See ya.